0: Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. Please welcome our host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello listeners and welcome to Stand Out, the podcast all about growing in the organizing and productivity industry. My name is Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. At the time of this recording, we are nearing the end of March in 2020 and many of us are sheltering in place at home because there is a virus spreading throughout our country and our world Changing the very way we live and work for the unforeseeable future. It seemed like overnight the world changed and we all had to think on our toes, especially those of us who work directly with clients, face-to-face, hands-on, in their homes and places of work. With social distancing and a lot of us having direct order from our state government to stay home, that way of helping our clients organize or stay productive won't cut it. But... There is a silver lining in all of this, and that is the fact that there are platforms out there that we can leverage that allow us to, quote unquote, meet with others virtually. These platforms allow us to work with others virtually. We just have to have a plan and we have to get a little creative. And lucky for us, there are NAPO members out there who are already offering virtual services. So if you've ever wondered how they do it, and if it's right for your business, wonder no more. Kathy Vines is a CPO, so she's a certified professional organizer and the owner of Clever Girl Organizing, based in Melrose, Massachusetts, and it launched in 2013. So she's been at this for a while. She's the author of the book, Clever Girl's Guide to Living with Less, Break Free from Your Stuff, Even When Your Head and Heart Get in the Way. Kathy has been featured in the Boston Globe, Better Homes and Gardens, Secrets of Getting Organized Magazine, Real Simple's Organize Your Home Magazine, and she appeared on Inside Edition. Kathy is a certified coach who works with aspiring and veteran professional organizers to explore and expand their businesses and careers, and a career coach who helps Gen X professionals figure out and become what they want to be when they grow up. So listeners, you're in for a real treat. Kathy knows exactly what she's doing, and we're going to get an overall understanding of what it means to organize virtually, help people be productive virtually. So Kathy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here.
0: How are you doing with all of this? Have you, since you offer virtual services already, have you been able to pretty much seamlessly take most of your clients into the virtual space or how are you feeling right now?
1: Thanks for asking. I would say probably about 30 or 40% of my client appointments that I had already had set up for March and into mid-April because, of course, I was planning on going to the NAPO conference. And so I had a week where I didn't have scheduled appointments. So not so much that I had to reschedule, but about 30 to 40% I was able to convert to virtual sessions. To be honest, the ones who now have households full of kids, it's a little (laughs) harder. And so we kind of said, you know what, let's push pause on this a little bit. Let's stay connected via text. Stay connected via email and I'm trying to find different ways to support them. But the ones who had some flexibility and a little control over their hours of their day, we've been able to get some appointments set up virtually.
0: That's fantastic. And that I feel probably put your mind to ease a little bit because so many of us are, I'm just gonna say it, we're kind of freaking out (laughs) on how to conduct business as usual because bills are still gonna be there. We still wanna stay on top of our clients, helping them wherever we left off. Before all of this kind of went into effect. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. I think a lot of our listeners out there are going to, if they haven't already, figure out how to offer virtual services if it's right for their business. So can we start there? Is virtual organizing or virtually helping people, their clients, stay productive, is that right for all organizing and productivity professionals? Or what kind of tips can you give them, our listeners, to determine if it's a good fit or not?
1: Sure. I think the answer, is it right for everyone? The easy answer is no, it really isn't. That doesn't mean it isn't right for lots of people, but I think there are some things that when I talk to people about already, when I'm helping them become a virtual organizer, really thinking about a few key things. So first is, and this is really one of the critical parts, is what is your skill and your experience level working with different clients? And I think this, to some extent, is a little bit of an ethical question, right? You want to make sure that you have the experience level where you're truly able to serve your clients appropriately from a distance. And so what would that experience level need to mean? Some of it is, do you have experience working with lots of different types of organizing challenges, different spaces, different projects? Do you have a sense of project management? We're doing a lot of things at a distance. So it really requires a project management kind of mindset when you're talking to help somebody through how to work when you're not in the room. Do you have experience with different learning types or different brain-based issues, other ways in which your client base might show up now differently than you have been working in your in-person business for a while? I think you know I've seen guidelines that I respect around probably three years or more of in-person organizing experience should feel like a solid platform. I think that feels very solid for me when I think about the people who I've worked with to get involved with virtual organizing. You just have more of a confidence level at that point in time to be able to say, there's a good chance I know what's coming and how to handle it when I'm dealing with a new client. But I think another thing that's important is your preferences. I can help anybody and anyone can develop their skills and their experience to be able to work with But what is your preference? That's something it's hard to change about yourself. Are you the kind of person who really needs to have your hands on and hands in things? Do you like to demonstrate things in front of somebody by taking it from them and showing them how to do it? Can you sit in front of a camera for an hour, totally still, and and just really talk with somebody else and listen with somebody else? Is that going to be comfortable for you? Do you have that kind of attention span or do you always need to be go, go, go? Some of those things about your own preferences and your own style of being may just make it a difficult fit to launch this as part of your business.
0: And I bet you there's also some clients that you're already working with where you feel confident in your actions, but you wonder if this would be successful for them and a good use of their time working and they would be able to adapt enough to make it a productive session. Is that also true?
1: Absolutely. There is no doubt that even for your most adaptable clients, this is a second-best solution to what we have, what we typically would offer somebody. This is a second-best scenario. And when I go through an intake for somebody who might be a virtual organizing client for me, we talk a lot about what is their approach to – are they kind of a DIY person? Do they like researching things and doing things on their own? Are they good at saying, here's my plan, I can execute – Or are they the kinds of clients, and I have these clients for sure, right? These in-person clients that, quite frankly, aren't going to work on their projects unless I'm in the room with them. (laughs) In between sessions, you're like, oh, that's right where we left that last Tuesday, huh? Those clients are going to be a real challenge to adapt to this situation. I talk about virtual organizing as my expertise in your elbow grease, and They need the elbows, right? So they have to be in a situation where they have they have a physical ability. So if they have physical limitations or fatigue, this is going to be a challenge. They've got space and they've got the ability to work within their environment to get some of these things done. But most importantly, they're going to be able to walk away from our virtual organizing strategic session and know how to execute what comes next and feel confident that they're going to be able to make some progress on that some clients just aren't wired that way. And I know that all of us in this industry know those clients and can picture who that client is right now that you'd say, nope, that one's never going to work. Yeah.
0: And I think we're doing them a favor by realizing that because they invest a lot of their time, their resources, their energy working with us. And it it wouldn't serve them if we're putting them in a situation we know they're not going to be successful at.
1: Absolutely. And That is a realistic conversation I have with some of my clients. In fact, when I work with a virtual organizing client, I'll have a conversation with them up front and say, you know, this is going to be an experiment to see how this Mm. works for you. And we'll, we might have homework. We'll have, we'll probably have homework between sessions. And if we are going to meet for two or three sessions, Honestly, if we meet at session number three and it turns out you're not really able to do what you need to in between sessions to make progress on our goals, we're going to have a conversation about whether or not this is really working for you. Because I don't have any intention to taking money from you as if I'm helping you if it's not helping you. So I talk up front with my clients about What could go wrong? And how do I identify it when it's coming up? How do we stay with open communication to say, this part's working, but maybe this part isn't working and we need to revisit it.
0: Oh, I love that. We have Kathy Vines here today, who is an experienced professional organizer, a CPO who conducts virtual organizing already in her business. I know a lot of us these days were at the height of the coronavirus here in the US, and a lot of us are staying at home and wondering how the heck can we help our clients virtually. Kathy is here helping us, getting our wheels turning. Okay, Kathy. We need a system and a process. So what should our listeners be thinking about as they even start dreaming up, building up this side of their business?
1: Well, here's, <laughs> here's the thing I want you to know. There are absolutely some things you need to have in place, but it isn't very complicated. Okay. And you don't have to over-engineer a system. You want to try some things out because you might start with an approach and say, oh gosh, this isn't working for me. I need to make a change. So I want to talk about the three parts of systems and processes that I really think of. The first is video. Now, you can probably have coaching sessions over the phone and that's fine. But really, I think the heightened value virtual organizing right now is to be able to do it through video. And that can either be through a desktop computer or laptop computer for you and your client, or your client may, we might want to have your client to be mobile, right? Take a tour of the place, be able to move around from room to room, show you things. So they might not need to have a tablet or a phone to be able to do it. There are obviously different platforms. I primarily use Zoom. I've been using Zoom for a while. I really like it for lots of reasons. It's got good stability. I record my sessions and I send a copy to the link in the cloud for my clients to look at afterwards. And honestly, one of the hard things I learned early on, I was trying to do FaceTime and Skype and other things. And I realized that when my clients who were less technically efficient would end up hanging up on me accidentally because they're trying to move the camera around to turn (laughs) forward-facing or backward-facing... Or they'd get into a spot that had bad Wi-Fi or something else like that. We always had to have a plan of, okay, when one of us hangs up on the other, who's calling who back first, right? Zoom, I don't have to worry about that. Just click back on the link. And that technical concern of working with my clients is one of the ways I've designed some systems, right? I want to make the video platform as simple for them as they can. If they don't want to do Zoom, I'll do FaceTime. I'll do Skype. I'll work with whatever they can, but some of my clients, I have to teach them how to turn around their camera on their phone so they can show things. Mm. I have to teach them a little bit about how to install software on their computer if they're going to talk to me. This might be really uncharted territory for people. So my first point is, yep, have video, but be flexible and be don't be married to a system that works for you as a business owner if it doesn't work for your client and a consumer of your services.
0: I'm wondering if you mentioned that you put it in the cloud for them to watch later, which I think is almost kind of a value add for our clients. So during the session, are, are you taking notes? Do they take notes? What? How does that work?
1: That's absolutely where I was going to go next. Note-taking, I think, is so important. Again, for me as a professional organizer, not only to have to keep track of what's going, but I I personally, in my business, I give notes and follow-up to my client after the session saying, hey, by the way, here are some things we've talked about. Here are some things you said you were going to do after the call. Here are your next steps. I send them a little bit of a summary because I actually would love for them in the moment with me when we're in our session, I want them focusing on the conversation. Mm. I want them focusing on the thinking. Now, if they are really want to take their own notes, by all means, I support that. I encourage that. I let them do that. But I always tell them, listen, we're going to record this video. If you just want to be focused on processing together or putting hands-on and doing work, and I'm guiding you as you're doing hands-on work, if you want to do that, that's great. I don't want you to worry about it. But I feel like as part of the service I provide them, that is that support of saying, I'm going to send you a summary at the end of our session so that you know exactly what your next steps are, but we're going to talk about your next steps and strategize together.
0: Ooh, and I feel there's a lot of value there. I know it's a different way of working, listeners, but the fact that our clients will have this recorded session that they can refer back to, they could just stay in the present, they could stay present in the moment of the session, and that you give them kind of highlights after it's done. There's a ton of value there, so I love that.
1: Just what you said though, this is a different way of working. Yes. That's one of the most important things I hope organizers hear is, this isn't just do what you used to do, but now you're doing in front of a screen. We're communicating differently, we're directing differently, listening differently. Mm. As a result, lots of our processes that might not have existed because we weren't walk- working that way, we have to build up now.
0: 100%. How does this change the business side of our business? How, how do, we, do we conduct it just like we would in person, setting up a scheduled time? Walk us through that.
1: I think some of it is absolutely just like normal business time, right? You're going to schedule when your appointment is going to be, you're going to give them any advanced information they would want about a session. I focus a lot on communication. And if you've seen any of my trainings, or you know anybody who's gone through my coaching of organizers with me, you know, I focus a lot on the different things I do with regards to communicating with clients before, during, and after meetings. But focusing on those kinds of SOPs about what am I getting somebody ready for before they meet with me, that's probably already standard, something you might do with an in-person client. One of the big things I find is a challenge for people is if you're used to getting paid with a check or cash at the end of your appointment, Mm -hmm. well, you know, they're not handing you a check right now. So do you have e-commerce set up in some way that you're able to accept fast payment. Have you thought about, do you want payment before the session, payment after the session? What's right for you? Do you want to sell packages for multiple sessions? Those are things, again, you might be thinking that way in terms of your in-person clients, but the actual transaction changes with virtual. And I think the other part is it's still like a regular business interaction where you would have a contract. Hopefully all organizers out there are using sound contracts for their business. But now it's a little different, right? Like maybe your contract needs to change to reflect a different kind of engagement. Mm -hmm. You talk about when what happens if somebody starts late. You talk about what happens if somebody has to cancel. If your contract says you have a three-hour minimum, you're probably not doing a three-hour minimum virtual. So what do you need to change? So you still want to have a contract in place, but it needs to reflect that this is a different way of working together. So you want to make sure your terms reflect how you need to be protected in that kind of an engagement.
0: Kathy, you're giving us so much good stuff for us to get our wheels turning and thinking about all this. I want to take it back maybe about 60 seconds or so. And you mentioned an acronym. You said SOP. Just for any of our newbie organizers or newbie business owners out there, can you explain what that is?
1: Yes, thanks for catching me on my lingo. SOP is standard operating procedures. So what are your standard operating procedures that you have in place for any of those activities that you do in your business every day?
0: So, even if we're solopreneurs working by ourselves, we probably should set some standard operating procedures for ourselves and give ourselves and our business some guidelines that will then translate into how we work with the outside world, correct?
1: Exactly. So, I'll give you an example. An SOP or standing operating procedure for a lot of people might be your intake call. Somebody calls and you go through in your mind, you probably have a checklist of here are the questions I know I want to ask in an intake call, or that confirmation process before. Before you have your first meeting with somebody. Again, even in person, you probably have this. What is your process of how you reach out to them? How are you confirming? What information are you sending to them or getting from them? That's an SOP.
0: Uh, thank you for explaining that, Kathy. Just in case anyone out there was like, wait, what is that fancy word she's saying? <laughs> okay, so great. So we've talked about whether this is right or wrong for our business. We talked about the technological side of this. We talked about whether it's right or wrong for a particular client. So let's talk about finding these clients in case, okay, we we, we have people who are already working with, but what if we wanted to now, since it's virtual, can we work with clients who maybe don't even live in our area? Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: I think finding clients is one of the most challenging questions that people have when they say, all right, I'm ready to do virtual organizing. Who am I going to organize with? <laughs> and I promise you, there's nobody out there Googling, find a virtual organizer, for mm. me, right? This is not, we barely have people who are searching for professional organizer, or a home organizer and can find us. They're certainly not looking for virtual organizer. So what are they looking for? These are people who are still looking for organizing help. And when they're lucky, they find somebody who is near them, who's a great fit. But what we're trying to do is offer to say, you know what, whether you live near me or you don't live near me, you can still work with me. So what does that mean? This means, first of all, it's you're absolutely right. Talking to your current clients about, hey, can we convert to a virtual session? We'll figure this out together. Talking to your former clients. This is a great way to add on maintenance and other sessions to people you've worked with in the past. People that you say, oh, I know I revisiting this person might be a great idea for them and for me, but if I don't have to have an in-person session, this might be a nice way for us to rekindle our client relationship. But I have found for me, it was, and I started virtual organizing five years ago, and this is, this is precisely the point I like to tell people. I had a strong social media presence and there was a woman who followed my blog, followed my social media, and she lived in England. Hmm. She reached out and said, I love everything you say. I love everything you do. I wish you lived closer to me. I would love to work with you. And I said, Huh, We might be able to figure something out. And would you be my guinea pig? And she was my first virtual client, and I will tell you, she's still very much in my zeitgeist and social media following now. She does my I do a clever girl organizing challenge every year. she does it to help keep up on her maintenance. But this was how it started, right? Somebody who already knew, liked and trusted me and loved what I had to offer and wished they could work with me reached out and said, "Hey. I wish we could do this and I made it happen. So that's the reverse set there. You know, you already have a network of people who know, like, and trust you. And if you don't have that, keep building it and making sure those people know, you know, just because I live in Massachusetts doesn't mean... I can't help you.
0: Kathy, I love it. My wheels are already turning because I don't know how many times we've had people reach out and say, God, I wish you lived closer. And you're kind of caught up in your everyday. You don't think about thinking about outside of what you've already got going on until something like, what we're all experiencing now is happening and we kind of are forced to. And and lucky for you, you've kind of already thought ahead of the game. And so I applaud you for that. You've given us so many great tips. If you were to leave our audience with two sticky notes, so two things for them to write on their bathroom mirror or their at-home office or their notebook that would perhaps change the way they do business, whether it's with virtual organizing or just with how they're already conducting their business, what would those two things be?
1: Oh, okay. So the first one is don't wait to be perfect. Mm. Hopefully, you heard that your systems and your processes, you don't have to have something really elaborate. It's not like you're trying to invite somebody into your world to say, Don't worry, everything's amazing. We've got all the bells and whistles. We're trying to deliver a service of value, and it doesn't have to be over the top. Your clients don't know what they're missing, right? I made a mistake early on. I built a module onto my Website, which was like a membership module, and I said, Okay, people are going to be able to come in and do membership, and they can post pictures and do all this. I spent so much time teaching people how to use my portal (laughs) that we never actually focused on the organizing. You don't need to make it bigger than it needs to be, don't over engineer yourself a solution. If you've got enough, if you've got the basics. Start now. The other one is you're absolutely right, right? We're in a really unusual time, and a lot of people are freaked out, and a lot of people are thinking about their own businesses and revenue, and they're thinking about their clients who need them. You can take on virtual organizing for now. It doesn't have to be a forever choice. This doesn't have to be something that you say, oh, this is what I'm going to do for the next bunch of years. This can be something that gets you through a short term period, a six month period if you need to, whatever feels comfortable for you. But if you make a decision of for now versus kind of for good, it can help you figure out, all right, how much money do I want to invest in this? Do I want to spend money on an online calendaring system and invest in that? Do I want to have a professional account with Zoom? Do I want to spend money on a good camera? You know, if you're able to determine, is this something I've always been planning on doing and now's my chance? Well, maybe that's something you do a little bit of investment in. If it's just something to get you through this difficult time, you don't have to necessarily have to pay a dime to get through this.
0: Kathy, thank you so much for your tips and your time today. We feel so lucky here on the, the NAPO podcast that we were able to have someone like you talk about virtual organizing with all of our listeners. Where can we find out more about you and stay connected with you?
1: You can find me lots of different places through... Clever Girl Organizing, whether that's clevergirlorganizing.com or clevergirlorganizing on Instagram, clevergirlorg on Twitter. The work that I do through coaching other professional organizers and my career coaching side is actually KathyVines.com. And you can head over to slash be my coach to learn more about how I am helping organizers now and during this difficult time and beyond
0: amazing and listeners don't fret if you're in why well, don't you might not be in the car you're probably at home but in case you can't write that down right now we will have all of Kathy's information in our show notes and i want you to think about this what are you going to do today this week to make a change in your business for the better now more than ever, that question might ring true for you. It's, we don't really know what's going to be on the other side of this. And so I want you to start getting comfortable with thinking about change in your business. And this isn't the first time we've had to kind of adjust the way we move about the world and we we conduct business. We just have to get creative. So I'm Sarah Karakayan. That wraps up this episode of Stand Out. Thank you for being here with me and learning with me. If you like this podcast and you're able to walk away with nuggets of inspiration or something valuable, please leave us a review and hit that subscribe button. We want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. So in addition to subscribing and leaving us that review, please feel free to share this and every episode with your colleagues, your team, and whoever else might benefit. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. I'll talk to you then. That's all for today's episode of Standout brought to you by NAPO the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.